What's up, guys? This is literally my third take doing this uh, intro because my last take, I started coughing out and had a fat old loogie. It was not fun. Um, if you guys can't tell by my voice, I am sick right now. Not, It's not very fun. Um, I almost thought about not doing a podcast this week, but you know, I wanted to get content out there for you guys. So we're going to do another solo episode, talk about a few things. But yeah, dude, I've been really fucking sick right now. Um... I don't know what it is because I got tested for COVID and it was negative. So it's definitely not COVID, but it is something on that spectrum because I'm very like lethargic. Uh, my energy levels are, aren't the same. Uh, I have a headache when I wake up and, you know, uh, my nose is congested. I don't feel like I have a fever, luckily, but uh, those are the main things. Um, but in today's episode, I wanted to talk about we're going to finish the whole Vietnam saga with my last day in Vietnam and my solo day in Korea, which was very interesting as well. Um, and we're going to talk about some other random things that I, uh, I wanted to talk to you guys about an anime that I'm uh, on currently that I am obsessed with. Uh, future plans for the podcast and my vlogs. That's very uh, big. Actually, let's let's talk about that first before we get into the Vietnam stuff. Um, first off, if you guys haven't seen it, I just uploaded my next uh, part two of the Vietnam vlog series in my main channel, Loon Kdo, L-O-O-N-K-D-O. Uh, the link will be in the description box down below. You guys, check out my main channel, dude. I As soon as I'm done with all the Vietnam vlogs, I'm really... I've been on my grind, dude. I got 70 subs in the last like bit, and it's just motivating me to keep pushing out content. Um, my podcasts have been obviously taking a dip. I've been doing a lot of solo episodes just because I haven't had time to really find guests due to me pumping out a lot of videos. But, you know, I, I feel like the future of this podcast, I kind of like it like this because it allows me a place to a space a place uh, a space to kind of talk about whatever i need to talk about and then whenever i want to have guests on or whether i want to go on a college tour which i do plan on doing a college tour by the way um i have uh noah daniel who is the artist that i've had on the podcast like i want to go visit him in app state you know i want to go around and uh, still keep doing my thing with the podcast but i don't want to make this podcast too too serious as much as I want to make my main channel, I really want to focus on my main channel as like, like a business and then the podcast kind of being more of like a hobby, just kind of chilling and vibing, you know, um, I like talking here. And the great thing about these podcasts is like, I don't really, I remember I used to look at numbers and I used to obsess over which podcasts get the most views and listeners through all the platforms. And I would look on my uh, Buzzsprout uh, you know, analytics. And, you know, I, now I've started to realize that like the podcast isn't so much about, Oh, how many people are listening? It's just about me venting. And then the people who do listen, like shout out to you guys. Uh, I know like Griffin's one of them, Tom, some of my close friends. And then some, like, we got some random followers of ours that actually do listen. And I really, I really appreciate you guys. Cause, um, you guys just let me vent to you guys. You guys are the best, but, um, yeah, uh, so before we get into the Vietnam stuff, uh, the main channel, I am I had just uploaded part two. I finished part three editing, uh, which is going to be, uh, what was it, uh, Sok Chang, and I'm really excited to show you guys that and the intro video. It's so fun. But the next episode, the one I'm currently editing right now, episode four, is Canto, Canto or Canto, 
uh, floating market. And dude, the content for that is two hours long just for that episode. So, uh, well, once once it gets shaved down, I'm predicting it's probably going to be about 40 minute long vlog. So it's, it's going to be a long one. But I'm, uh, I'm pretty hype about that one. It's going to take me some time to edit, of course. But in the meantime of editing, uh, there's a movie coming out this week that I want to watch and maybe review. So I might just post a quick little review video in the middle of the whole saga. And it's going to be um, the new Demon Slayer movie is coming out. I'm pretty hype about that. Uh, it's the first, the last episode of the last season and then the first episode of the new arc, which is um, the Hashira training arc. So I'm pretty hype about that. I'm excited to see what they do. Uh, we're watching with a big group of guys. All right. So with that being said, let's let's go into the Vietnam stuff and then we'll at the end of the vlog, I mean <laughs> vlog. At the end of the um of this podcast, we can talk about some various other things going on in my life, including a trip I have coming up that I am going to vlog, which I'm pretty excited about. Another travel trip. Um a short one though. All right. So we left off uh where all my friends left and now your boy is alone in the motherfucking streets, all right? So here we have my final day in Vietnam, and, you know, your boy had to get a grab, took a picture. Uh, funny enough, I booked this really nice hotel called the My House Hotel. And let me, uh, oops, sorry, there we go. Let me move that down for y'all. Okay, um, the My House Hotel, fucking so nice, dude. Let me see if I can uh, find it for you guys uh whoops sorry i had an ad block um my house saigon dude i so the thing about hotels in vietnam is if you want a standard hotel like normal uh your holiday in your basic holiday in you're paying anywhere from 15 to maybe like 50 dollars for a holiday in um actually no that's 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 a reach i would say 15 to 30 dollars for a holiday in level then if you want to upgrade to kind of like a more of like a Marriott or a slightly better hotel, you're going to be 50 bucks a night. And that's in the central city. So like, like in the, now if you want a five star bougie ass, like super nice hotel, I'm talking like the equivalent of a Ritz Carlton in, in the U S over there, it's only 150 to 200 bucks. And I, I I got my very last night in the My House because I was like, well, why not splurge? I use my uh, points anyways. I don't know if you guys can see this, but this place was so nice. Yeah, that's literally how my room looked. Uh, let me move this over. You guys can see, uh, like, it was an open format glass window. It was so nice. You walk in there and they play, like, jazz music. That was a pool. I did get to see that. It is so fucking fancy i wish i got to eat their breakfast i didn't have time because i had a flight the next day but holy shit i didn't even know their dinner was like this i should have ate there that is crazy but i will say uh we went on their rooftop and got drinks yeah their gym was pretty standard that was probably the only thing that wasn't like bougie bougie but dude their rooftop bar was so nice uh this was the stairs inside god honestly if i go back to saigon i'd probably stay here again uh if i'm taking family or if i'm on like a if I have like a significant other or something like that, because this place is very, very beautiful, and it's uh in Wongba or District Three, uh, it is pricier than the other hotels, but by pricey I mean like one hundred fifty, which is crazy. Uh oh, look, it's one twenty two, so it can go as low as like probably one hundred, which is insane if you think about it, because a hundred dollars in the U S is gonna get you shot. <laughs> no, I mean. I can't imagine a place in the U.S. for a hundred bucks and you get to stay in a five-star hotel. Maybe Detroit, 
I was just like, uh, no, but it was, it was, it was really sick. Um, that was a really cool experience. Sorry. Let me turn off my phone. That was going to be annoying. Um, yeah, I, again, I really wasn't even planning on doing a podcast, but even going through this podcast so far, I really feel a lot better. I guess I just love talking so much, but yeah, so I booked up my house, um, my last day there and convenient. Co- coincidentally and convenient enough my friends as they were leaving was like damn it's sad that we didn't have enough time in Saigon because there's so much to do there i wish we had time to go to the vietnamese um uh war museum vietnam war museum and what do you know the my house was right outside the vietnam war museum so this is a picture of me uh at the gift shop there i will say um i didn't film much content in the museum because it was very sad like uh being I don't know. I feel like this is going to sound really like weird and I don't know if other people can relate to this or if maybe I'm just like crazy. But you know when I I actually I feel like people can relate to this especially if you're so like so for instance, if I go to a American museum and let's say we it starts getting dark. Like you go to this areas where it's like slavery, right? Slavery is probably the biggest uh topic in America in terms of dark like the dark arts. I'm just playing. Uh like evil stuff that happened in u.s history obviously um if you go to germany or those areas and you know the holocaust museum and so forth but um let's just let's just stick to america so we go through you go through the slavery times and you know we were conditioned in you living in america to know so much about slavery that when you go through those museums, it's like things that you have already kind of learned so much, and so, so you know to a detail. Like I, I can, I can remember, remember uh, keep stuttering, remember uh, things that we learned in middle school, elementary school, and they would really embed that in our in our brains, which is important because uh, history is important in that aspect. We should know so that we don't repeat uh, the, the the evil things in history. But when we go through those museums, it's. I have a feeling of like disconnect almost because one, obviously those aren't my people in a sense of like, you know, I'm not black, but you see the atrocities and you feel terrible, but there is a sense of disconnect because the the age that I grew up in America, my form of racism that I've received was much different than the form of that of someone who's black. Where I can see where if someone who is black or, you know, African-American, I'm just going to say black because who the fuck cares. A, uh, a black person goes through that museum and they felt that form of racism. It's going to connect to them a lot more. And that's what it felt like for me when I went to the Vietnam War Museum because a lot of these people, they look like me. They uh, they look like my family members. They, uh, I, I know, I know, like when I look at the picture of the kid who is, going through the ancient orange project and is like mega deformed it, it connects to me a little bit different and it hits just a little bit harder because that kid looks like someone in the streets of my hometown you know like stuff like that so uh, i remember a lot of people you know uh in the museum were foreign and you know american british and you know they're going through it and i i had to actually stop because I had to get out of there because I was actually getting like really sad and I was reading some of the stories and I started tearing up and yeah, call me a pussy if you want, but uh, it was really, really sad. Um, The atrocities of the Vietnam War is up there in terms of 
war, like, I mean, obviously the Holocaust is one of the worst, but, you know, the atrocities of the Vietnam War was really fucked. If you guys don't know and you guys really want to get into history, um, I would advise you guys to look into that and also look into the Ancient Orange Project. That shit, that was something new to me. I, I had heard about it, but I didn't really get to know the full extent and ramifications of something like that. And it, the closest thing I would say to that is that of uh, Hiroshima and the bombs and the radiation and stuff. So it was really dark, but in a more uh, great light, I did learn a lot, and you know that's part of the reason for these museums. I think they're so important. So uh, for the remainder of the day that I was in Vietnam, I ate good food. I went on a date uh, with a girl who, you know, the same girl in Saigon, uh, kind of my last night to see her, and we, we, we got some uh, bomb cocktails at the, my house. And yeah, it was overall chill night, nothing too crazy. I had to wake up early for my flight. Now, now, things are going to get some very interesting here. So we get on the uh, we get on the plane to Korea, and you know they they give you the the classic Korean food, food which this was pretty good. It was um it's like a Korean barbecue styled like chicken thing, and then a uh, pasta salad. They, you know, solid mix. And you know we arrived to we arrived to Korea, and I had a seventeen hour layover, and that can often be the case if you. Uh, I mean, I could have opted to choose a small layover. However, I wanted a full day in Korea because I did want to experience Korea. My sister recommended it to me as well because she does that whenever she flies to Vietnam. So, I went into Korea, and all I have is I have my suitcase, my duffel bag, and and my book bag. So I'm carrying three things with me. Okay. And I had uh, pre-planned that I was going to go out to the city because 16 hours is a lot of time. I don't want to just stay in the hotel. I want to actually explore. So I got my visa done. Visas in Korea is very cheap. It's like $9 uh, US for a temporary visa, like a week or something like that. I go out there and you go into this uh, the bullet train. Uh, I wish I had the picture. It's going to be in the vlog. But uh, I go into the bullet train and, you know, once you get arrive, you... Uh, this is one of the famous temple area thingy-majigs that I passed by. I thought it was really pretty. Um, but I called an Uber once I got out of there because I, I was about five to ten minutes away from uh, the Mia Dong. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, Mia Dong or something like that. Uh, um, sorry, I, I looked at my phone. I got distracted. Uh, but yeah, like Mia Dong or something. It's, it's a town that has. Hold on, let's let's search it up. Well, because I don't want to say this wrong. Uh, street food district, Seoul, Korea. Because it it was really well known for street street food. Um. Uh, yeah, Mia Myeong Dong. I'm totally mispronouncing that. So sorry to all my South Korean fans. The two of you guys. Yeah, Myeondong. So I, I arrive at this place called Myeondong. And it's very pretty. It's it's a unique style going from Vietnam to here. Because Vietnam is very like new age old school. Where this is more like new age what you see in the movies and the K-dramas, you know. So it's um it's kind of like New York. But in a many way. It's a very like tight alleyways with a lot of lights and stuff. So this is Myeondong. Um, you guys can see that. Yeah, Mia Dong right there. Uh, very well known for shopping and street food. So um, two things that I wanted to do when I was there. So first thing I did was uh, I ate food and I stumble upon this restaurant. It's going to be in the vlog. That I just go in because I just searched up good restaurants near me and it said noodles, right? 
And this is funny. I go inside. I wait in this small line, and it's a Michelin star restaurant. So I'm over here like, oh, damn, this is going to cost me a pretty penny. Surprisingly, it didn't. It, uh, it's one of those few, the very few Michelin stars that isn't terribly expensive. And they, were, uh, they only had three things on the menu, dried noodles, uh, chewy noodles with soup, and some other form of noodles. But the, the most popular was the chewy noodles with soup. So I ordered that. And if I'm being 100% honest, going from Vietnam to Korea, trying uh, Korean food is delicious, by the way. This is one of my top three of all time in terms of ethnicity of foods or culture of foods. Uh, but their soup noodles are just not as good as in Vietnam. I'm sorry. Our pho, our bum ryu, our hu tiu, it has so much more flavor compared to theirs. Um, I could see Korean people liking that because maybe they like their soups to be a little bit more bland. Uh, and more texture based because the texture was really nice the noodles were very chewy and i just feel like i needed some fish sauce in it <laughs> but uh it was a cool experience and then when i walked outside i got to try street food their fucking street food slap bro uh here's a quick little uh, video i have of we'll just skip through this is a potato swirl and they put parmesan cheese uh cheddar dust and it was so fucking good top 10 out of 10 honestly that was that was amazing like one of the best things i had in korea um also i got to try some an egg bread it was a bread with an egg on inside the bread like the egg was cooked with the bread around i don't know it's very unique it tasted similar to that of like a corn bread with uh, a egg but with a busted yolk like there, which was very cool. I got to eat that. Then at that point, I was getting full. I will let. I want to establish. I'm on like two or three hours of sleep because I. Uh, that's all I. All I slept was one hour in the hotel because I had to wake up so early, and then only like two or three hours on the plane because the plane ride's like four hours total. So I am exhausted, and I didn't know what to do because it's about six p.m. at this point, and so it's still early, and I wanted to go out later that night. My, I don't have to be back to the airport until about 6 a.m. So I had I had essentially 12 hours to decide what am I going to do. So first off, I bought a bunch of skincare products because I'm in Korea for my uh, family, friends, so forth. And I was like, dude, I am exhausted. And I didn't want to book a hotel because that's going to be... Oh, sorry, it's going to be expensive. And I didn't want to spend like $100, $200 just to sleep for like a little bit. So... Something clicked in my brain, and I remembered being in a Korean spa in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, sh shout out to my boy Matt. I went with him, and I really I remembered that Korean saunas and Korean spas are cheap, twenty four hours, and there's usually a nap room, and you could shower because I felt disgusting uh, at this point in my trip because I, I, you know, you travel a lot and you, I haven't showered yet. So I was like, okay, brilliant. I searched up a place. I got lost as fuck trying to find it. My Uber driver didn't know English. None of the Uber driver fucking knew English, bro. That was annoying. People know English in the, like, young people, but the Uber drivers were all old. None of them fucking knew English. I drove out. I, I stopped by this random ass. He didn't even drop me off at the right place, and I had to walk over to it, and I was so lost, but I found, I finally found the spot, and um, I put all my luggage up <coughs> in the locker rooms. It was $4.00 which is extremely cheap. So our money to uh, Korea is about double or, or triple. So a dollar is worth about 2 to $3 there. So it's not as good as Vietnam where it's worth like 7 or 8 but it's, it still still weighs a little bit more. So it was $4 there, which is fucking amazing. And uh, I got to shower. That was awesome. I showered. 
Um, everyone there is butt ass naked. That's another interesting thing. So like, uh, girls and guys are separated, of course. But in in Atlanta's Korean spa, like people are naked in the rooms. But it's you know we're so American, so it's not like the moment you walk in there, everyone's butt ass. The moment you walk into the spa, like kids adults everybody naked and i'm just like all right i guess this is the culture um you know you just try to keep your eyes up not see any peepees and uh i showered and after showering um i didn't even want to go to the sauna because the whole point of this was to take a nap and there was a nap room what do you know and it was so funny to take a nap there because it's like this open space that is dark the dim lights very quiet uh you can maybe hear a little bit of uh background noise from the outside and there's maybe like one or two dudes sleeping here but it's it's a big room so i'm sleeping in the corner and after 10 minutes of falling asleep and it's like i'm on the floor there's like a pillow that's about it and you don't even have a blanket so i'm just like cuddling myself and after like five or ten minutes i wake up and i'm like oh what if someone kills me right now (laughs) and i just had that realization that i'm in public but then i think about it i'm like dude homeless people do this all the time so uh, i ended up you know just sitting there and passed out for 30 minutes maybe to an hour even and uh yeah it was really peaceful and i am gonna have to take a break here because your boy has to go to the bathroom so brb long ass break i'm back um yeah so uh yeah, so I, I went in the Korean spa and I took the nap. And then after that, I went out in the streets and, I, you know, I'm like still a little tired, but I was like, I'm carrying all my luggage. And I'm like, what do I do with this? And in Korea, they have these things at the, um, what is it called? The terminals where you can rent a locker through an app. And I was like, oh, that's so clutch. So I went a lot. Uh, I called an Uber to the biggest. So I, I Googled what is the biggest place to, um, uh to go clubbing in Seoul Korea. So I found out it's called Itaewon or I think it's called Itaewon or um wait hold up let's search that up. Best uh nightlife in Seoul. And I found out that the best nightlife is Wait, I think it's called Itaewon, right? District, there you go. District. Yeah, it's a one. I went out, I, I called an Uber here, and then I put my stuff in that little, uh, uh, the terminal locker room. And, you know, I walked out and into one and it's it's now like 10 o'clock at night and it is live, bro. Like this is a great representation, actually, this picture right here, because there's so many people at into one. There's just a bunch of people out and about and it's uh, clubs after clubs after clubs. There's very a lot of clubs. Um, you hear K-pop, a lot of uh, American music too like I was listening to Usher and you know I took a stroll around and uh, I went to a few bars or I went to a bar to get loosened up because I'm, I'm here alone and like no one knows my language also another thing I noticed about Korea is bro like they don't fuck with Vietnamese people like I went from a place where I was a king people were looking up to me like oh my god who's that and then I went to this place where like everyone's tall as shit looks amazing looks way better than me and I just feel like a fly on the wall um but it was interesting it was so cool I got a bunch of drinks and then I found this fun little corner bar and the uh a lot of people were American so it was actually nice finally found a spot that I uh, felt a little bit more at home the owner of the bar was very cool he uh he got everyone shots on the house great guy great guy um then I went to the club and, you know, my default whenever I'm at a club, uh, if I'm by myself, is what do I do? 
I'm going to get it on elevated surface and dance because then you don't have to talk to anybody. So I did that. And then uh, these two guys came up to me. They're like, oh, I saw you dancing up there. Uh, they were younger, younger kids. You know, they're like 20, 21. And uh, they were studying in Seoul there. And uh, one of the guys was British. And the other guy was Vietnamese. But he was from California. He doesn't know any Viet. But it was just really uh, interesting. And the guy, the British guy looked identical to um, Timothy Chalamet. And I was like, dude, did you ever, like, does anyone ever tell you you look like Timothy Chalamet? And he's like, yeah, I get that a lot. And I'm like, oh, that's so funny. And, uh, dude, he pulled a baddie that night. He had such a beautiful girl come up to him. And then I was, like, hyping him up. I was like, yo, isn't this guy super handsome? And she, she comes up to me. She's like, yeah, and he's British. And I'm like, in that moment, I realized that Koreans love white people and Koreans. And that's it. It must be a status thing. It's just very interesting to me. But um, yeah, that was my time in Korea. Oh, and I, when I got a Uber to the airport, it's like an hour Uber or no, like 45 minute Uber. And it's like three or 4 a.m. Dude, I was so tired. I fell asleep in the Uber. The Uber had to be like, oh, we're here. I was like, oh, he's like, you know, like Korean shit. And I was like, oh, but um, yeah, that was my time in Korea. It was pretty cool. Made it home safely. And yeah, that pretty much concludes the trip. But with that being said, there's obviously a bunch of details in there that was very interesting that will be in the vlog that I did not tell you guys, of course. But yeah, um, so that is the saga in my solo travels in Vietnam and Korea. And now my next big trip, or not, it's not really a big one. It's going to be a short weekend trip, three nights stay at uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. I've never been to NOLA. Um, I have a friend that's there. So uh, I'm going to stop by and see what's up. And also my other friend who finally had a kid uh, was Zorn's brother. So I'm going to go visit them too. Uh, their little baby, Matea. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm going to see what's up in NOLA. Uh, also, I found this out the other day while talking to my friend from NOLA. I was like, um, how dangerous is NOLA? Because we searched it up and their crime rate is lower than Greensboro. But their murder rate is one of the highest in the whole. It's actually the highest in the country over Detroit. And I was like, what? And Chicago. And I was like, dude, I'm going to get killed. So if you guys hear it now, if I die, it's because I was in NOLA. <laughs> But yeah, um, overall, I'm excited for things to come. I'm just hoping that I get cured of the sickness. The sickness is, uh, you know, I'm down with the sickness right now. It's not fun. But yeah, um, yeah, this is, I'm going to close up the vlog here. I mean, I said vlog again. I'm going to close up the podcast here. It's a really short episode. I don't even think we hit 30 minutes, but um, just a couple things going on. Uh, probably the next few podcasts will probably be solo ones as well and, until I prepare for a, maybe a, a college tour or a bunch of guests whenever I have the time for that. But right now, I my main focus is to edit all these vlogs in Vietnam, get my main channel back on track to uploading regularly again, uh, like two to three a week after the vlogs, and then uh, this New Orleans trip. Also vlog that, maybe make that a, a, a one little like 30-minute vlog, upload that for you guys. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for the future of my uh, content, and I'm excited to see what, everything that's to come. There's a lot of things going on in my life right now that's a separate from this, so I'm trying to keep things you know, calm, collected, and cool, you know, which everything has been. It's not, nothing's bad. It's just all like motivating stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm going to leave you guys with this one last little statement. Make sure you tell everybody you love, you love them. You never know when it's the last time that you'll be able to say you love them. So that way, with that being said, I love you guys and have a great week. See you guys next week. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously. If you guys listen, you guys are the best. Bye.